Can we lift that up again? Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love, oh God, your love. We're alive because of you. Your love awakens us, oh God. Your amazing love. 
Come on, can we thank the Lord today for his love, his amazing love in our lives. Lord, I pray today, God, that you would inhabit the praises of your people in this place, oh God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in this place. In Jesus' name.
God, we thank you, Lord. This season we're reminded of what Jesus, what God did for us. It's about him. It's about the gift of life and eternal life in him. And we praise you, God, for the gift of Jesus, for giving Jesus to the world. Can we sing this together and worship him?
Can we join our voices together as we declare whole holy night? And let's sing this out from our hearts. The night that our Savior was born.
Wasn't that a beautiful night that our Savior came to this earth? Amen. That's why we celebrate today. That's why we worship. Come on, would you just give the Lord a praise for His goodness, for sending His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, God. God, for this season, Lord, we, God, we are just in awe of what you've done by sending your Son, Jesus Christ. You brought hope to the Lord and you brought your never-ending grace. And Lord, we praise you for that this morning. Continue to move by your spirit this today, dear Lord, in this service and clear across our campus. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are honored and glad that you're here. At this time, I'm going to go ahead and ask for our ushers to make their way to the front, and they're going to prepare to receive our morning's tithe and offering. You know, ever since Thanksgiving passed, everyone put on their running shoes and took off because it's going to be like that for the next few weeks until Christmas is over. And this is the giving season. This is a season where everyone gives gifts and goes out and loves to see the smile when they exchange the gifts. But this is a season where people that are not givers will probably become givers because they're moved by the season. And I was thinking about that yesterday, and I said, you know what? I'm so glad that God is not a seasonal God. His grace is not seasonal. He doesn't, it doesn't begin and end. 365 days a year, God's grace and his faithfulness is available to us, and we thank the Lord for that. But I translate that into as we give of our worship, as we give of our time, as we give of our talents to the Lord. Can I tell you, I encourage you very much so if you want 2017 to be different, if you want the favor of God in your finances, then remain a giver to the Lord. Remain a giver to the Lord. And I promise you from a personal experience, God will bless you and your entire family. So with that in mind, we're going to prepare to receive our morning's tithe and offering. If you're giving check, please take the giving envelope that you'll find where you're seated. Of course, if you want to give online, we have online giving or giving kiosk that you will find in our lobby. Or you can give as I've given very conveniently from your phone uh, through text to give. You see the number on the screen. You can give in, in, that, in, that, in that way if you choose. So let's pray and ask God to bless the offering. Lord. Again, we thank you for your goodness and your love, Lord, and we give into you, dear Lord, our offerings, an act of worship, our way of saying thank you, God, for your goodness, our way of being obedient to your word. And God, we give, dear Lord, to honor you, but we give because we believe, dear Lord, in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the money that is received, God, it goes for that purpose, to enhance ministry, to, to allow us to be able to minister to to, to junior high students, to middle school students, to children, dear Lord, to our senior adults, God, it goes to help us advance the kingdom and beyond the four walls of this great building. So God, I pray that you would bless it and use it for that purpose. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you as you give. While we receive the offering, allow me just to place something on your radar. Next year, January, Tuesday, January 10th, is going to be the, the Spurs Faith Night at the Spurs at the AT&T Center. And we are going to be a big part of that. At the conclusion of the game, of that faith night at the AT&T Center where the Spurs, after the Spurs finish their game and they win, after they finish, all of, all of God's people from around the city are going to come together and we're going to have a time of worship. And our worship band, our worship team from here, from Westover Hills, will be leading in worship. So we want to invite you to come, put that on your calendar. The tickets are $35, and here's what it covers. You're obviously your ticket into the game. You're going to get a T-shirt. You're going to get a meal voucher. And then at the conclusion of the game, we're going to have a, a, like a 30 to 40-minute service, just a time. And beyond just Westover Hills family coming, it's going to be really the body of Christ throughout the whole city of San Antonio. And we know that God's people, all God's people love the Spurs anyway, so it's all good. So look on our app. Go to our website. You can already begin to uh, purchase tickets for that. Well, to let you know of other things that are happening around here, please direct your attention to the screens. God bless you. church that's all about making new and making great. I'm Sierra, and I want to thank you for joining us at our Northwest campus. We want to extend a special welcome to all of our new visitors. If that's you, grab a Connect card and fill out the important information. You can drop that card in the offering bucket when it passes you by, but we prefer to meet you face to face. Take that card to the main lobby after service where you'll find our Connection Center. We'd like to shake your hand, get to know you better, and answer any questions you might have. We also have a special gift to thank you for worshiping with us. Just a reminder that the Westover app is a great way to follow along and take notes, but make sure your phone is set to silent for you and those around you. We believe that a making great life happens through connecting, growing, and serving, and we have a few next steps to help you get there. Parents, we often say at Boulevard, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. We designed High School Small Group Weekend to help your students find the right friends. From January 20th through the 22nd, we'll have great worship, service opportunities, and some insanely fun games and activities. Register your student by December 4th for the lowest rate. Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, and we want to give families an opportunity to worship together with special holiday services to fit your schedule. We're inviting kids and students to join us in the auditorium to celebrate Jesus' birth on Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday morning. Choose from 7.30 p.m. on December 23rd, 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve, or 10.30 a.m. on Christmas Day. We believe strong faith builds strong families. Engaged and recently married couples can begin building that foundation with Marriage 101. This four-week class teaches practical relationship tips to create a healthy marriage. Topics include communication, resolving conflict, and money management. Couples who attend all four classes receive a certificate that waives the marriage license fee in Texas. Register now for just $35 per couple.
more about the great things happening every week, check out our website at westoverhills.church. Click on events where you'll find all of our featured events and a complete calendar of our upcoming opportunities. And don't forget to download the Westover app where you can find these same events, follow along with today's sermon, watch a recent message, and a whole lot more. Thanks for being here and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Well, good morning, Westover, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for services this weekend. Let me follow up and just mention, next weekend in all of our services, uh, we're going to have the children's Christmas program, Mr. Barnaby's Christmas Shop of Wonders. Mr. Barnaby's ready. Mrs. Barnaby's ready. The kids are ready. We want you to come and be a part of it. In this week's guide, there's an invitational card. This invitational card is designed with all the information front and back for you to share it with a family member, a friend, a co-worker, a brother-in-law, sister-in-law, cousin, whatever, and invite them to be in the Christmas program, to, be, to see the Christmas program next weekend in one of our services. There are people that will come to a Christmas program that might not come to church otherwise. And what a great moment to hear the story of the birth of a Savior told by children. And there'll be a moment for them to receive Christ. Perhaps God's already preparing their hearts. And upon your invitation, they'll come. Take this invite card. Share it with somebody. Plan on being with us next weekend. If, now let me tell you if, if you, if you have a tendency to come late, if you come five minutes late, you will be five minutes late into the program because we're going to be starting right away with the Christmas program. So I just, I just tell you that right now. If you're 10 minutes late, you'll miss 10 minutes of the kids' Christmas program. We will be starting uh, promptly on time. Additionally, I want you to see behind me, we've already begun to set the stage for the Christmas program next weekend. All the toys behind me, 1,250 toys were provided by you. And these toys, yes, these toys after our Christmas program. They're the scenery for the Christmas Shop of Wonders. But the days following, on Monday and Tuesday after our Christmas program, we're gathering these 1,250 toys together and we're taking them to two hospitals here in San Antonio. And children that are in the hospital during the holiday, particularly in the oncology and cardiology department of the Methodist and the University Hospital, we're going to be distributing them to the children. There's going to be a smile on some child's face. And there's going to be a warm spot in some parent's heart because of your generosity. Additionally, on the screen behind me are photos. The Spanish church gathered together for a, a challenge. And this is, this is the gifts that came in for a local children's shelter. <coughs> and all of these that you see on the screen behind me are going to be going to a children's shelter. And that's, that's from the heart of uh, Westover Hills Espanol, them sharing. And I want to thank uh, both congregations for their generosity, for your kindness, opening your heart for somebody else. Wow. Wow. I, I just was overwhelmed by, by your generosity and your kindness. A few weeks ago, I made mention to you that on this weekend, as I do every year, one time a year, I pause and I lead us in an offering. This offering, one time a year, is a Christmas love offering 
for the pastors of Westover Hills. Now, I just qualify this. I am not a part of this. I am not receiving one penny from this offering. I'm joining you, and I'm going to give into this offering. But one time a year, I invite you, if the Lord would so put it on your heart, to give to bless the pastoral team here. The children's pastors that are right now with our kids from working nursery all the way to elementary. Our middle school and high school pastor in our student center right now ministering to our students. Young adult pastor, family life pastor. Our seniors pastor, last service they had their classic service. The team, the worship pastor that just share from their heart to bless you and encourage you. A few days ago, somebody stopped me in the the hallway and said, Pastor, thank you for what you were doing. And they begin to disguise it. Well, what is it? I want to know what, what's the good thing I had done. Well, it was one of the other pastors, but I got all the credit for it. Yeah, and that happens just too many times. Honestly, I get the credit for what the team does. They bless and minister to your family and so many others. And I am so appreciative of their service to the Lord. And I say, if you would like to join me right now, this offering is going to be distributed among them to say to them at this moment, we love you and Merry Christmas to you. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward. If you would like to give check or cash, please just put in a contribution envelope. If you want to give online, you're welcome to do so. Uh, we have the ability to do that. If you're going to give text to give as I have given, they have told me, Whatever amount that if you choose to give, just put the word Christmas. Now spell it out, not Xmas, Christmas, okay? Spell it out Christmas and whatever amount you want to give, and that will be designated and go to the Christmas fund for the pastors. So I'm going to lead you in this moment. I uh, text to give my offering just a little bit ago, and I'm going to invite you to join me in that. Immediately following the prayer of this offering, we have a creative element to help set the scene and the mood for the series we're in this uh, holiday season playlist. And to put you in the mood for Christmas, I believe it'll be a blessing to you. Let's pray now. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for a team of pastors that minister so many times I hear one of our pastors talk about a family they have reached out to, a hospital call that they have made, a home that they've prayed for, somebody they've responded to. They've taken time with a family. That is ministry. Ministry is touching people, encouraging people in their walk of faith. And I thank you for the great pastoral team that Westover Hills enjoys. And through our giving, we just want to simply say from our heart, God, we appreciate them, we love them, and we wish them God's best. Thank you for the generosity of your people once again. In Jesus' name, amen.
Today we're continuing our series entitled Playlist. If you have the Westover app, our notes and scripture will be on there. If not, you can join me in the Gospel of Luke chapter number one. A playlist. Many of us on our electronic device, we have a playlist of songs that we enjoy. Perhaps they're organized by author or, or by singer or by group or by genre, whatever the case may be. And sometimes we get into that moment, we just escape and we go to our playlist. I'd like to suggest to us, every one of us, God has a playlist in our heart. There's a playlist that God has deposited there, and it's, it's expressed in some of the, the prayers that we've offered. It's expressed in some of our daydreaming. It's expressed in some of the, the yearning in our heart that we're saying, God, life should be different than it is. And I believe there's something else, and we're searching and trying to find what it is, kind of scrolling, if you please, the playlist of, of where life is taking us. God has a playlist for us. And the 184 verses in the Bible that tell of the birth of Jesus Christ and the surrounding events in the Gospel of Luke, in that storyline, there are four songs that are mentioned. If you please, I call it God's playlist. Last week, we talked about the, the, the song of promise. 
That is Mary's song. When the angel Gabriel came to her and said, you're going to bear a son and you're going to call his name Jesus. She burst forth in singing, the Lord has brought a promise to me that he spoke to our father Abraham and he's going to fulfill that promise. And, and that represents the song of promise for every one of us. There is something God has for you in the future. And we talked about not looking in the past and looking for, towards God's future. Well, this week we want to talk about the song of purpose. The song of purpose. Some of us, we're the thrill seekers in life. Thrill seekers, you live life by, by passion. Are you one of those thrill seekers? Are, are you a zipline person? Are, are you a person that, that wants to see how fast that motorcycle can go? Or, or, or you want to parasail off something? Or, are you somebody that say, when I hit 20 or right, 25 or 40 or whatever, I want to jump out of a plane and parachute down to the earth? Can I tell you, I am not a, a thrill seeker. <laughs> if, if somebody tried to throw me out of a plane, there would be my fingernail scratches down the front of their face. There is no way I'm going to do that. Zip line? No. Absolutely not. That, I'm not the thrill seeker. If you are, you're, you're, you live life by, by passion. There are some people that they're wishful thinkers. And they're always seeking direction. Oh, I wish something would open up. I wish something would come to my way. I wish the door would open up. And the wishful thinkers of life, they're always looking for a direction, a door to open up, and maybe something to coalesce, come together, and make sense in their life. Then there's the, then there's the achievers. They, they, they see like, life like a, like a ladder, you know, and a, a success, advancement. And they're always climbing, particularly in their profession. And they, they're getting the other degree, and they're going up further, and they want to have more, and they want to do more. And it's life is that, is that ladder of success. They're always climbing up. Is that you? Is it, is it, the, is it the sense of, of getting more? Do you, do you get that degree? Do you, do you get that promotion? Do you get that bigger and better? And you, you get that, that achievement or that accolade, and then all of a sudden, do you sense it just kind of it kind of dissipates? It kind of melts after a while, like a popsicle in July, and you say there has to be something more, and then here they go, climbing the ladder again, going further. Can I suggest to us what we're really doing in life is we're searching on our playlist for the song of purpose. The song of purpose. Do you know that God created every one of us here on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. Every one of us. God created you on purpose. You're not a process of evolution. No. You didn't go from the, the, the goo to the zoo to you. That was not the process that you followed, okay? You were created on purpose. But not just on purpose. God created you and I with purpose. There was something God made you different from anyone else. I know, I know your parents tried to change you. Maybe your spouse is trying to change you. Maybe, maybe society's trying to put you in a box. But God made you with purpose. God wired you a certain way. God put certain things and ideas and likings and passions inside of you. There's a way that you click that's different from the way she clicks and different from the way I click and lie. And that's, that's God's purpose. He created us with purpose. But God also created us for purpose, for purpose. 
It was uh, Mark Twain that said, the two most important days of your life is the day you're born and the day you figure out why. The way, the why, why was I born? Many of us, many of us describe our life by what we do and not why we do it. Why, why are we existing? Well, that's that purpose. I don't know. I, don't, that, I haven't figured that out, but we'll describe ourselves by a title. I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, and we fill in the blank. And it's a title that has been given to us by our, our career path, our vocation. That tells me what we do. That doesn't tell me why we do it. It doesn't explain the purpose that we have in life. And there are many of us, many of us, we're searching for that purpose right now. Have you ever sat down to a movie and it's 45 minutes in the movie and you start watching it and you're trying to figure out the plot line? Can I tell you, when we, when we sit down, if, if I don't start from the beginning, I, I just, I can't get 45 minutes into a movie because I'm asking Denise, who is that and why is that? Shh, 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 you'll figure it out. I don't know it. I, I, I've got to figure it out now. I don't know if they're a villain or a hero. And, and, and those get to the end and figure it out movies, they annoy me. I don't know about you. They just, they just annoy me. Uh, and I find myself, I've been rooting for the wrong person all this time, and they're not the hero. This person's the hero, and I thought they were the villain. I, I don't like those movies. I like things a little more cut and dry. I, I want to I see the white hat on the good guy, and I want to I, I see the bad guys out there, and I want to see the bad guys get beat on, okay? That's just kind of where I am in life. But to join a movie halfway through and not know the plot, and some of us, that's your life. You're, you're living your whole life like a movie and you haven't figured out the plot. You're asking yourself the question, is this from God or not? Is this meant to be or not? Is God, is this what you're doing in my life? Are you orchestrating this in my life right now? Or, or God, is this a mistake and have I missed it from the beginning? We're going through life, trying to figure out life as we go through. I've discovered people without purpose endure God. They endure God. They see God as remote. They see God as distance. They even see God sometimes as vengeful. and They see God as a fist ready to pounce and punish them. They endure God. But people who discover that they were created with a purpose, on purpose, and for a purpose, they celebrate God. They celebrate God. They have a different perspective and a different view on their life. And just a moment, we're going, to have a, we're going to have an altar prayer moment. And some of us need to reconnect to the song of purpose. You're on the wrong song in your playlist. You're, you're bouncing around from relationship to relationship, from career to career. And you're looking for something and you've had careers and you've, had, you've been in and out of relationships, maybe even some marriages. And you're saying, I'm just trying to find that perfect person. What you're really saying, I haven't found my purpose in life. And God wants to quaint you that he has a purpose for your life. He can do something in your life. There is something God has for you. And there are some of us here in the audience we are constrained by, by what I will call an unadvertised curse. What do you mean by that, Pastor? An unadvertised curse. Some of us feel like that 
Our life right now is we squandered our opportunity. Perhaps you look back and you say, I, I could have, and then that marriage, and I should have, and I, I, I did it, and I walked away from it, and I messed up, and I made a wrong decision. I've squandered my moment, and I just have broken pieces that will never work, like pieces of a puzzle that don't fit together. This puzzle piece doesn't match pieces from that puzzle, and it's all mixed up. Can I tell you, you see God wrong. You feel like your life is under a, a curse. Oh, I've prayed with people before on the altar, and I, I, I've heard a storyline like this. Oh, pastor, through brokenness and tears, saying, I, I was a teenager, and I made a wrong choice. I did the wrong thing, and I tried to cover it up with an abortion, but I, I, there's no physical scars. But there was a scar in my heart, and I feel like God will never bless me, and God holds that against me. They don't understand that God can step in and rescue them from that. Yes, they feel like... They're under a curse, and God can't use them anymore. I've met people that feel like success somewhat, although they celebrate it, they bear it like a curse. I mean, God blesses their career. God blesses their, their business. God blesses and advances them, but somehow it feels tainted. Somehow it doesn't feel like it's enough. Somehow it feels like they, they, they should apologize for it. They're achieving and they're succeeding and God is blessing them. But somehow they feel like it's just, I don't know, maybe I just, I feel like I'm missing something in life. And their life has, a, has, a, has an unadvertised curse on it. There's some of us, you're pointing back to a yesteryear moment, how you were raised. Somebody, somebody told you when you were growing up, men don't cry, suck it up, don't show your emotions. And now as a grown man, you don't have the ability to open your heart and feel you have, you have buried that. And you say, I just can't be that. I, I can't be that kind of person. You feel, you feel bound by that. You're under, under an unadvertised curse. God never meant you to live life that way. And God intends to set us free. So for those that are in the storyline right now and you don't know the plot of the movie line, if you please, of your life, for those that are bouncing around the playlist and going from this experience to that experience and experimenting here and looking here and you haven't landed on the purpose, when those that are, that are thinking I've squandered, I've messed up and God can't use me and I, I have failed so dramatically in my life, I'm, I, I'm excluded, I'm disenfranchised by God. I want you to know that God has a song on his playlist called the Song of Purpose. And God extends it to you and I. God extends it to you and I. With that in mind, I want you to join me in the gospel of Luke chapter number one. Let me set the scene while you turn there. This is in the storyline. This is in the, the account of the birth of Jesus we talked about the Song of Promise with Mary's song. Well, following that in the chronology of the Gospel of Luke, we come to another section, another song called Zechariah's song. Who is Zechariah? Zechariah is a, is a priest. He would go in the temple and he would make sacrifice and he would serve the Lord in that capacity. And now, now Zechariah is up in years and he's getting old. And the angel Gabriel comes to him and gives him a promise. Interesting enough, every time an announcement is made in Scripture, it's always Gabriel. He is the archangel that always makes an announcement. He comes to Zechariah and he said, Zechariah, 
You found favor with God, and God's going to bless you with a son, and you're going to name him John. This will become John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. And the moment Zechariah heard that, he understood, my son, my son John will be the one that's going to announce the Messiah. In my day, I, my eyes will behold him. I will see the Savior of the world. I have been going into the, to the holy place and making sacrifice. I've been going through this all my whole life in hope that God's Redeemer, God's Savior would come. And my, my son is going to be the one that's going to announce him. It would be John the Baptist that will say at the baptism of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God that will take away the sin of the world. My son will be that but for a moment skepticism overcomes him and he says i just don't know how it's going to come to pass i don't see that can happen to me and the angel gabriel said to said to zechariah it will happen but because of your unbelief for the next nine months you won't speak a word and that will be proof to you that what god is about to do is going to come to pass he walks out of the of the temple and people ask him a question and Zechariah can't speak he can't say a word the words will not come out for nine months he has not spoken a word he cannot create one syllable it was God's sign that he's going to bring forth the forerunner of Jesus Christ then finally Zechariah hears the news your wife Elizabeth has given birth to a boy what is his name and Zechariah will say, it will become, his name will be known as John. And the moment he does, he bursts forth in singing and is called Zechariah's song. And it's found in Scripture in Luke chapter number 1, verse number 68 and following. And I'm going to read you this song. It says, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people to redeem them. He has raised up a horn of salvation. I'll, bring, I'll come back to that statement. A horn of salvation for us. Salvation is for us. Notice that. In the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophet a long time ago. Salvation from our enemies. Salvation, verse number 69, is for us. But there will be three uh, statements from uh, he's saving us from things he found in this verse number 71. Salvation from our enemies, from the hands of those who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my son, will be called a prophet of the Most High. And he... And you will go before him and prepare the way for him to give the people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of his tender mercies of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the path of peace. This is called Zechariah's song. And he broke forth in this song. Nine months he's pondered. Nine months his mind has been working. He's realized God's promise will come to pass. And his heart began to put all of this together. And the first thing that burst from his spirit is the song of Zechariah. And he announces something. He said that the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, 
He's going to come with the blast of a horn. He's going to be like God blowing the horn of salvation. And he said, with that, there's going to be deliverance. They're going to be redeemed. It's a picture of deliverance from slavery. Not only that, he's going to, he's going to forget, bring forgiveness. He's going to cancel debt. Not only that, you're going to see the dawning of a new day. It's going to, it's going to represent a new beginning. So in my mind, I ask the question, where do we see in Scripture at the blowing of a trumpet, there is the captive set free, debts canceled, and the dawning of a new day. I want to suggest to us that Zechariah was pointing to Leviticus chapter number 25. It's in the Old Testament. An experience called the year of Jubilee. You see, in the Old Testament, God always speaks in picture form. God will say in the Old Testament, the Lord is my shepherd. In the New Testament, he will say, God is love. In the Old Testament, the Lord is our refuge, our tower, our mighty fortress. In the New Testament, we'll say, God is our protector and God is our provider. You see, in the Old Testament, God describes because he's going to prescribe. The description is a prescription. God will paint a picture in description form in the Old Testament to show us what the prescription is in the New Testament. Zechariah, nine months this is churned in his heart. And he understood what God was going to do through Jesus. And he understood that it was the year, the prophetic year representing Jubilee. That it was a prophetic moment that they had practiced in the Old Testament that is fulfilled in Jesus. What is the year of Jubilee? Every 50 years was a year of Jubilee. Every 50 years because God wanted a Jubilee experience in everyone's lifetime. And those who were working, and they were in an agrarian poor society, there was no welfare system, there was no minimum wage in that biblical day. People would work their farm and their soil. They might even have an an oxen to help plow the, the, the limestone soil in order to plant their crops, in order to raise them, to feed their family, and to get the grain and the vegetable and any surplus. They would go and barter in the marketplace to maybe buy olive oil or from time to time secure some meat or secure some other item to, to uh, uh, provide for their family. But in the course of time, drought would come. In the course of time, misfortune would come across the, the experience of the Israelite. Maybe they were working the soil and then all of a sudden there was a time of drought and the soil was, was not flourishing and vegetables and grains were not growing and then all of a sudden they had nothing to barter, they had nothing to sell, they had nothing to feed their family with. What would they do? They could not pay their taxes. They were caught in a predicament and sometimes they would have to sometimes sell what they have. Sometimes they would have to barter for it. And sometimes they were at a moment, maybe the oxen died because of famine, because of disease. And all of a sudden the family's left without an oxen. They're in a time of drought. What would they do? The father sometimes would have to come to the son. And the son may be 15 years of age and said, son, let me tell you, you have a 12 year old uh, sister. I cannot, I cannot put her out to serve. I don't know what would happen. I, 
I, I, the, the, it would be horrific for me to think that, that, that your sister, my daughter, would go out somewhere and something vile could happen to her. Son, here's what I'm going to have to ask you to do. I know somebody. He's 50 miles away. He's in a far distant land, and he has a rock quarry. And he said, if you will serve there, he will give us enough that we will be able to, to pay for a new oxen, and we will be able to buy grain and supply and take care of the family during this time. But you're going to have to serve. You're going to have to be his slave during this time. You're going to have to work in the rock quarry and serve him. His need, he's building a road. He's building a business. He's building a building. And you're going to be working there seven days a week, 360 days a year in the Jewish calendar. You will be serving him in servitude. But the father would say, Jubilee is 10 years away. You'll be set free in 10 years. The 15-year-old boy would go off. He would be working the rock quarry. His hands would become gnarled from the labor. His back would bear the scars of carrying the load. His muscles would begin to develop because of the hard, arduous work working in the rock quarry. But day after day, he was counting the days down in which he would be repatriated back to the family. He's five years, he's six years, he's seven years, he's eight years, he's nine years. One more year comes Jubilee. Nine years he's wondered. I wonder if my sister has ever married. I wonder do I have nieces and nephews. I wonder if there's family there. I wonder if she's betrothed. I wonder what's happened. I wonder how mom and dad are doing. Is mom and dad in good health? His mom and dad look like they used to. I have the image in my mind, but it's nine years ago. But I have one more year to jubilee in order to, that I have to serve, and then I'll be repatriated back to the family. He will work counting down the day after day after day after day. Then finally, the Bible tells us on the day of atonement, significant, the day that sacrifice is made, all debts are canceled. All captivity is ended. Anyone in slavery is repatriated back to the family. Any debt that is still owed is canceled. And the Bible says it's the dawning of a new day. And how is it introduced? It's introduced by the blowing of a shofar. It's introduced by the blowing of a horn. And it ushers in a moment of jubilee. And here's Zechariah the prophet and his pondering. And he realized what Jesus meant. And he said, Jesus Christ coming, the Savior of the world, represents that to us. He is the fulfillment. He's the prophetic fulfillment of jubilee. He's coming to bring deliverance. People that are held in bondage. People that are held by labels and people that are held by addictions. It's going to be broken. They're no longer bound by that. Some people define themselves by their addiction and their brokenness, by their sin. Oh, I know it's not a palatable word today. I know it's not a word that gains a lot of popularity. But can I tell you, mankind has a sin problem and sin has has so evident in our society today and we excuse it and we legalize it, but it still holds people in bondage. And Jesus sets people free from the bondage of sin. All debts are canceled. That means guilt. That means torment. That means condemnation. 
There are people that are pointing back to a yesteryear moment. Oh, I did this then. I squandered my opportunity with God. My purpose for God can never be fulfilled. And they point back to a yesteryear moment of what happened to them there. And I want you to know that through Jesus, Jesus has canceled. He has forgiven all debts. Some of us need to know. Some of us need to know. God, God has ended the torment God has ended the torment. And I, and I want to say, occasionally I pray with people in the altar and I'll hear this word. Is that this will come out in, in a most dark, destitute moment. They'll say the word, suicide. So I think they get to a, a point of, of hopelessness. Can I tell you, don't, don't try to pay back with your death what Jesus paid with his life. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not the solution. That's not what God has because God cancels. He forgives. He, he removes all debt. Some of us have some profound guilt and condemnation in our life. Jesus is the one that frees us. And the Bible says it's the dawning of a new day. So what Zechariah is talking about. And the, and the rising sun will come upon them. We call that making new here. We call that the moment of salvation of which God brings his salvation to our heart and he frees us from sin. He frees us from condemnation and God gives us a new, be a new beginning. Oh, you say you can't create a new beginning. Oh, maybe you can't go back and undo some things, but God can reach in your heart and by his grace, he can bring a new beginning to us. God's grace is not something he gives and rewards the good. Grace is something God gives to the forgiven. Amen. I've been forgiven of my past. I've been redeemed of my past. God has washed it all away. And God does not bring it up anymore. God has freed us from that. There has been complete deliverance of that. Some of us can't believe it's that good. Can I tell you, there's a song of purpose on God's playlist for you. You were created with purpose, for purpose, and on purpose. Your life is not a mistake. You're, you, you've joined the, the storyline in the middle of a movie and you're trying to figure out the plot. Can I tell you, God has a purpose for you. God has something he can do for you. And Zechariah sang his song and he realized God redeems us. God saves people. God cancels the sin of the past. I, I, think, uh, I think about a moment to, to illustrate that. Several years ago, when Denise and I were dating, uh, De, De, Denise and I was working full-time. We were dating, and I was working part-time. And the little bit I made part-time was, you know, to take her out and, and buy her dinner or go somewhere with her on a date. I mean, I, I didn't have much money, okay? I didn't have much money. So I, I would save up and, uh, you know, I would use all my paycheck to woo my, my sweetheart. But she was working full-time at the bank. I mean, she had a full paycheck and somebody was paying for all the meals we were eating out. And I, I remember my old Chevrolet needed needed tires. She had money. I didn't have money. So I asked her, I said, babe, can I borrow some money? What for? 
I need tires. Hey, I'm, I'm cruising with you. <laughs> I'm cruising with you. And you know what she did? She lent me money. Yeah, she lent me money. She lent me money to put tires on my car so we could go out on date. And I'm talking about, okay, I'm talking about 40 years ago, 40 years ago, and, and, and I had to do some little work on the car. I owed her over $300. That's 40 years. That's a lot of money, 40 years. That's a lot of money today, but that was a lot of money back then. What do I do? I owe her more than I, more than I made in a month at that particular time. I'm working part-time. And I, I had this, this debt hanging over me. What, what am I going to do? I got it. I got it. I'll ask her to marry me. <laughs> honey, honey, <laughs> would you marry me? Yeah. She said yes, break danced everywhere. Gyre. We married, walked down the aisle. And guess what? My debt was canceled. 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 Now, I want you to know this. There's a dispensation. My son-in-laws were not given that same privilege when they were dating my daughters. Listen, guys, you can't do that anymore, okay? Okay? But here, my debt was canceled. And she never brought it up to me. You know what I say? She got the better end of the deal anyway. <laughs> what I'm telling you, God has the ability to cancel the debt. God can cancel the debt. When he sets somebody free, they're free indeed. And some of us need to be free. And Jesus is in the business of setting us free. Jesus came. This is the song of purpose. Jesus came to rescue and that we can serve him without fear. He came to rescue you. Verse 74, he came to rescue you. He came to rescue you so you can serve him without fear. There's a song of purpose, a song of purpose for us. With that in mind, no one leaving. This is an altar. Let's, let's protect the altar. We're going to go into an altar moment. Balcony and main floor, no one leaving. Would you bow your heads right now? Now, I'm going to ask perhaps the most important question you've been asked all year long. Do you have a song of purpose with God? Do you describe your, your walk with God as on and off, in and out, sometimes, occasionally, is God just 911? You call upon Him in an emergency, hoping God will forget all the other times you made promises and you didn't follow through, and you see God is, is paying you back for your failure. Are you ready to are you ready to accept a God of love? Zechariah called it this, he says it's the God of tender mercies who has a song of promise, a song of purpose, a song that delivers us from the past and takes us into a future with Him. 
that we can be rescued from our past and we can serve God without fear. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to serve God all the way in? Sir, have, have you kept God at arm's length? Are you just telling God the kind of relationship you'll allow God to have with you? Are you telling God occasionally and only sometimes? And I'm doing pretty good with life by myself. I'm a self-achiever. And, but somehow it misses purpose. You're in a, a storyline of life like a movie 45 minutes in and you haven't figured it out yet. You don't know what's going on, whether it's the villain or the hero working in your life. I'm going to invite you to discover the God of purpose. And if that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. Your hand going up is saying, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. I'm going to invite you to make that choice today. How about it? If that's you, on the count of three, lift your hand. I need Jesus. One, two, three. That's me. Yes, balcony, I see your hand. Yes, in the balcony. God bless you. Thank you, balcony. Even, even if you don't fully understand, you don't fully recognize every detail, God's prompting your heart, and he's awakening something in your heart. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now. And the balcony prayer team are going to be positioned in every aisleway. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. You raised your hand. I'm going to invite you to come forward right now, and we're going to pray with you. In the balcony right here, there's somebody in every aisleway. Don't, don't sit there and think I can, I can get it by just nodding towards God. This is an invitation to accept Christ as your Savior. In the balcony, just move over to where somebody is standing. And they're going to pray with you. It's not awkward. No one's being singled out. No one's going to be made a spectacle of. We're going to pray with you. We're going to take you in a prayer of commitment to Jesus like the Bible tells us, where we surrender our life to the Lord. There in the balcony, I see hands that were in the left. Just go to somebody. They'll pray with you. This is your moment. On the main floor, you come forward. Somebody's going to pray with you. Thank you, prayer team. Thank you. Did, you. did you want to raise your hand and didn't? It's still time. It's still time. If you want to discover the God of purpose, God will touch you right now. You come forward. You come forward. We're going to pray with you right now. This is a moment to make a life-changing commitment to Jesus Christ. Yes, they're still coming. You come. We'll wait on you. You're the most important thing today. You're the most important thing. Yes, thank you. In the balcony, they're going. Yes, God bless you. Thank you, prayer team in the balcony as well. Deacon and deaconess, would you join me? We'll have people praying right now. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Somebody will pray with you. Somebody else. Hallelujah. Yes, just pray with them now. Yes. Can I invite the audience to stand with me? 
I have felt all week long that the Lord wanted to do something at this moment. And I want to speak, and I think there's people in the balcony and the main floor, this describes you. I believe there are people that are tormented in their mind. They're tormented by a past. There's something that's happened that you feel like you're being punished by life and God. Something you've never, you've never figured out. You, you, go, you go to bed at night and this, this pulsates inside of you. Oh, you, you may put on a smile. You may go through the motions of everything is all right. In fact, you told somebody last week when they asked you, how are things? You said, fine. But that's not how things really are in your life. And you feel under profound emotional accusation. There are people in here, your ego, your esteem was so crushed at a moment. Something happened, somebody so wounded you that it has defined your personality. You have become a different person because of a moment and an experience, a very painful moment in your life. Can I tell you, God wants to heal your mind. God wants to heal your spirit. God doesn't want somebody else's accusation or put down to define who you are today in God. There is something called salvation. He delivers us from the past. We become repatriated in our spiritual jubilee to where we should have been. You don't have to be held by that experience or by that moment. And I call upon you right now to let God in this moment heal your mind and heal your spirit. And I'm going to ask you right now as we pray to ask the Lord, to ask the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and free you from those memories, to free you from the scar tissue of the past that's in your mind and in your spirit. Would you join me? And then we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to let the Holy Spirit just deep seed that into our hearts. Father, I pray right now there are people whose minds and hearts are weighted so heavily right now. There are things that torment them. There are things that have just beat them down. They feel like they're living under an unadvertised curse. They don't let anyone know. There's experience in their past. They, they know, and God, it, is just, it has robbed them of their future and their purpose in you. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that deliverance will come, breakthrough will come to them. God, that you will lift that off of them, that by the power of the blood of Jesus, they will be fully cleansed and forgiven and set free, redeemed from that, redeemed from that condemnation, redeemed from that memory, redeemed from that scar, redeemed from that from that tormenting experience. And God set their mind and their heart free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we will worship you with our whole heart and our whole being. We will worship the Lord. We will worship before the Lord. Oh, God, we praise you. Would you join right now in celebration of what God is going to do and has done in your life? Worship unto the Lord. Come on, we start from the balcony to the main floor. Can we lift up our hands towards the heavens for just a moment and declare that this is holy ground, that His presence is here. Here there once was crowned with thorns, this crown with glory now. 
Church with every voice in this place, let's sing it out together. Your name, your name is victory. All faiths will rise to Christ our King. Your name, your name is victory. All faiths will rise to Christ. So with every voice in this place, let's declare your name, oh God. Your name, your name is victory. situation God above every circumstance come on let's declare this together by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat come on declare this By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting Do you believe that today, church? We're alive in Him. We're alive in Him. Come on, sing this. 
Jesus does for us through a song of purpose. Thank you for being with us both on the balcony and main floor. Our prayer team will linger for a moment. If you need prayer with a special need, they're available. Allow us to pray with you and for you. God bless you. Go in the goodness of the Lord. You're dismissed. Resurrection.